Hello and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie. I'm your host, and I have a special guest again, and his name is Brad. Brad came back to stand in my closet. I'm back. Hi, Brad. I'm braving it again. <laughs> yeah, so uh, just in case you guys don't know, I had some equipment. It broke. It's now sitting behind us. And uh, the mixer that I have only allows for one mic, so here we are. We're in my closet. We're sharing a mic because Brad's internet sucks. So we have to do this in person. Not have to. We get to do this in person. So, hey, Brad, how was your how was your Thanksgiving? Good, good. Uh, good company. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> As you may know, <laughs> you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, was, it was fun. Todd did yeah. a great job, huh? Yeah guy's a good cook he is he is i was a little surprised but it was delicious oh man uh, like his first year of hanging out with the family he he made a pineapple upside down cake for my birthday and it was like the best pineapple upside down <laughs> cake i've ever had he's very he's very sneaky he's <laughs> turned really, your world upside down yes and in, <laughs> in the upside down in the upside down. uh okay so we're gonna do a couple of updates first boring hat contest I've got the email from the boring company that my product that the hats have shipped, but when I look on the website for the USPS, it shows that they're still in Hawthorne. So I don't know what's going on. They're they're, they're gonna, shipped. They're yeah, they're making their way underground. Right. So they're gonna... they're moving at a snail's pace. <laughs> what was the snail's name? Gary. Gary. Yeah, they're moving at Gary's pace. <laughs> uh, so when we get those, then we'll. Uh, pick a day and we'll do a drawing but right now we have three people who have entered so you basically have a two and three did i do my math right two and three chance yeah yeah of getting a hat so um go to itunes leave a review and then shoot me an email says you left your review and you'll be entered in i have a little numbers document and or an excel document if you don't use mac and um yeah I'm looking forward to sending those out. Like, I think uh, we have somebody from Canada, somebody from the United States. Um, I'm not sure where the other gentleman's from, but I'm going to guess somewhere in Asia. But he could be in the United States. I could be just being a huge racist right now. <laughs> uh, but he didn't put his uh, – he just contacted me on Facebook. So I don't know exactly where he's from. But um, as f from what I understand is uh, pe all three of them said that they wrote a review, but then <laughs> – then it never showed up in iTunes. So if that happens, that's okay. I'll take you for you. If you try, and then you email me that you tried, even if you didn't try, I will still put you in the contest. So, but anyway, so that's that news. Something that I missed last week with, or actually on Monday, was that uh, Tesla is going to be its own customer for the Tesla Semi, which makes <laughs> sense. And I should have said this, but I like rolled down like all of the laid out like all of the companies that were going to buy or pre-order this truck and then i forgot that oh yeah tesla is going to be using it from sparks to the fremont factory which was dumb of me to miss uh let's see uh there was another thing here about the semi pull it up oh dhl yeah, which is DHL. the shipping company they ordered 10 so that brings the total uh, pre-orders to approximately 200 which is, if i'm doing my math right is like 360 million dollars or 36 million dollars i think it's 36 yeah in total price yeah mm. 
if you count the $180,000. Let's pull up the calculator. I think it's 36 million. 200. <laughs> you know, calculator. Your, your point about uh, Tesla, um, <laughs> Your point about Tesla using their own trucks, it's like, how do they how do they ship the trucks? You know, it's a problem I've never thought about. They they should they you must have to go pick it up. You oh. ship a truck. <laughs> well ha- haven't you ever seen like um like you'll be driving down the road and there'll oh. be like a, a tractor trailer and then there'll be like three yes. tractor trailers like um in a pornographic positioning. <laughs> One on top of the other. One on top of the other, yes. <laughs> kind of Yes, that's true. Okay. So I, I have seen it. I did know. Interesting. Yeah. yeah, so I guess that my guess would be that's how they did it. But yeah, if yeah. I if it was me and I was a driver at one of those companies, I'd be the first to volunteer. I'd be like, I'll do it for free. It's cool. There's probably a little training that's in that, that goes with it too. And then the other thing we didn't talk about is the battery size. Now it's estimated that the battery size did you read about this? I didn't put it in the doc. But they estimate the battery size on the semi is gonna be between a thousand and twelve hundred kilowatt hours, which <laughs> right now, uh, in January, it said that Tesla had the price below one hundred and ninety kilowatt hours, one hundred ninety dollars per kilowatt hour for a battery. For a battery, yeah. So their whole profit <laughs> is going to be eaten up oh, at one hundred eighty. Yeah, <laughs> if you at one hundred eighty dollars or one hundred ninety dollars times a thousand, that's one hundred eighty thousand dollars, right? Right now, uh, it looks like they have it down with for the Model 3, about 130. Of course, I don't think Tesla's confirmed any of these numbers. But if you have a $130,000 vehicle and uh, the basic cost, I mean, the, let's, just, let's just say that it's going to be the big one, the $180,000 car vehicle at 1,000 uh, kilowatt hours, that leaves like $50,000 for the truck. Like everything else, the electronics, the everything. And a lot of people are like, well, is Tesla going to take a loss on this? Or, you know, um, they're, they're not going to, they're not going to meet their margins because mm-hmm. like, Tesla likes to have a 20% margin. But uh, what I didn't hear anyone saying, and this is why I'm bringing this up right now, is Tesla always has a ton of add-ons. Like everything's an add-on. I mean, there's different packages and it's likely that the $180,000 model comes with a basic sleeper in the back or something and it doesn't come with anything else so they'll tesla will make plenty of money on the rest of the add-ons <laughs> yeah. this is just to get the, the truck out the door i don't know very many people who have bought um like the the bare bones tesla car like if you have enough money to spend sixty five thousand dollars on the car you probably have enough money to spend seventy five thousand dollars on a car to get the things that you want so my guess is with all of this is that they'll are going to make their money on all the add-ons mm. best guess what do you think yeah i mean uh i wouldn't underestimate them to to charge a fair price for it um they're just going to find a way to make it cheaper right i mean that's what they've continually done is uh you know taken these technologies that you think you know and then offer them you know 10 you know, 10 years in advance for a much cheaper price. So I, I trust that they will uh, make make their money on it. Um, but it also points out that, you know, Elon had said, and, and a lot of people in the battery world had talked about bringing that price per kilowatt down. Um, 
and Elon had said he'd be disappointed, quote unquote, if it didn't reach a uh, hundred dollars. Yeah, under hundred. Actually, I have that in my notes down here. And so, um, I mean, you know, but still, uh, if it's a a thousand kilowatts battery, I mean, it's still a substantial, uh, you know, portion of the of the vehicle. Um, so basically, it's it's at this point a battery on wheels. Uh, yeah. Just, I mean. That's it. That's, that's all it, it is. It. It's got a wiring harness, and it's got something that that uh, that's directly, you know, connected from the steering wheel to the front wheels, mm-hmm. and that's that's as far as it goes. There's no transmission, of course. Yeah. But even the engine. I mean, uh, I guess I guess like you know, mm, you know, I'm more of a novice at the at the engine part about, and it's like you might think. Uh, you might think that would be a bigger role in all of this, or maybe even equal if you didn't know. But no, it's the batteries, the batteries, batteries. Yeah, and I think they're just using Model Three motors on each of the wheels. Mm. There's a lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah, you can. There's a video of somebody uh, that crawled underneath the truck at the event and took. It's on Tesla Roddy, <laughs> I think. And you can see them looking. It might even be on uh, the website kilowatt.bz. I might have thrown that up there, but. Um. You know, it's kind of hard to see, but you could see these big, beautiful silver motors mm-hmm. up underneath the truck. So, all right. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, the last thing about that is um, I, I was in, really into the factory process uh, a while ago. And, and the dreadnought, alien dreadnought? Yeah, tying it all together. It's one of those pieces that they still have to have a human do because it's so important. It's so, uh, like, dexterous or with so much dexterity, right? To get those wires, I don't know. So they still had somebody at that point. I mean, maybe the Model Three now has. You mean tying the battery packs together or the the actual uh, cells together? Uh, it was the copper wiring at the top of the motor, I believe. Oh, okay. Have you seen? Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So from the from the battery to the motor, mm-hmm. have you seen? There's a video of a company that bought a wrecked Model S. And what they do is they salvage the the cells out of the battery pack. So they spent like $20,000 and they got this huge um, battery sled, basically. And they take it all apart. And it's really cool to watch them take it all apart. Mm-hmm. And each, you know, they pull out. It's an it's the Panasonic 2160 whatever battery. I can't, I don't keep those straight. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they 9160, something like that. Um, but anyway, they pull all the, the battery cells out and then they repurpose those for like people who want to make Volkswagens, <laughs> like old Volkswagens into electric vehicles or, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's kind of cool, yeah. uh, how they pull that all together. Maybe, maybe as a transition, maybe that'll be, uh, I guess maybe this is jumping, but maybe that'd be Volkswagen's process for coming oh. up with batteries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's their manufacturing process. It's it just... could be <laughs> just taking old Model S's. <laughs> They probably will sell enough where that that's probably going to be the case. I don't imagine that Volkswagen is going to be great outside the gate, but we'll get to that in a second. One other thing I want to talk about the batteries, though, for the the semi is the semi doesn't come out until twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Uh, the first one maybe rolls. I don't know. I don't remember. Well, the the Roadster was one year, and the the semi was another, I think. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, with Tesla, Elon thinks, and we'll talk about some of this in a second, Elon wants to bring those costs down, of course. And with time, and as they ramp up the Gigafactory, mm-hmm. the cost of those batteries are going to drop. And that's mm-hmm. kind of a, a theme mm-hmm. throughout the, the show today. 
uh, and they'll drop so much like right now, let's just say in January, it was $190, right? Amazing already. Yeah. <laughs> 100 kilowatt hour battery, uh, that's $19,000 for a 100 kilowatt hour battery. If they drop that in half, that same battery is now uh, $8,500. That's a significant savings. Either Tesla's going to pocket that or they're going to pass that on to the consumer, but that's a significant savings. And it, I wouldn't fault Tesla if they pocket it because here's the thing is I want them to be a company. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, pocket it for a little bit, build up your war chest again, and then give me a break. Uh, but, yeah, so that's, that's pretty significant. And really my goal is uh, I would like them to, to have a car that starts around $25,000. And then, you know, if I want to put the upgrades on it, let me put the upgrades out and make it 35, but I can't mm -hmm. start at 35 <laughs> and upgrade it to 40 or 60, mm -hmm. which goes really fast. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of my, my thought about the whole battery and scaling. Cause it's the most expensive part of the car. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like labor is expensive, but that battery pack is the most expensive yeah. part of the car. And they still get that from Panasonic. They don't, yeah, they don't buy that from anybody else or but, themselves. But, uh, I was reading, um, and, you know, they, they brought in, uh, it, in my opinion, they're, they're looking to make it uh, themselves. I mean, they're definitely positioning themselves where they can... Make the battery themselves? They can, yeah. At least go, all right, Panasonic, are you bringing um, your worth um, and, and what you, you know, you know, something that we can't just provide ourselves? Because, again, they're so in-house that... Uh, Panasonic is going to have to, I think, uh, prove their worth on that. Um, and, yeah, so, I mean, they were partnered. I forget his name. He was a, he was a, you know, a leader in battery technology. I, I wish I remembered it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't have it here either. But, and they had brought him and they had paired with the university. It was their first uh, university they had worked with. And, they were trying to undercover how long uh, they could make these batteries last and how many recharges they could do. And so that's the kind of thing, you know, from what I understand is that you would want to do if you're trying to go, okay, can we take this on ourselves and can we um, purchase ourselves? And that's that's possible. And then the new, in one of the articles we talk about, we're going to talk about, it's uh, how Elon and SpaceX and, and Tesla, because those companies aren't Elon. Those companies are made up of a lot of people, and we put a lot of credit on Elon's shoulders, but really <laughs> there's a lot of smart people that work mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. and they should get credit. But um, the Panasonic, right now it seems that Panasonic and Tesla are getting along very well because they have the Gigafactory in Buffalo, which makes the solar panels. They have the Gigafactory in Sparks. <laughs> So, um, and I think Panasonic has very deep pockets. I don't know what their financial situation is, but Panasonic's in a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. So they can weather some losses, <laughs> whereas Tesla can't weather that yeah. many Good or point. as many. Yeah. So I think they're, I, yeah. while that might be the ultimate, Elon's ultimate goal, mm -hmm. at the moment, I don't think that they can, they can go through that, uh, I don't think they could do that right now. I think yeah. there's too many things on their plate. And I think they're probably happy to just let Panasonic run that, that, that stage of the business. Now, I don't know. The Gigafactory is Tesla's. Um, I don't know how much of well, it is, is Panasonic's. Yeah. It's, they split it kind of, right? In I don't way. know. I, I, I don't... thought it was part and part because 
the uh, the badging on it says Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the branding. Yeah, Tesla's so, all about the branding. So if you look on on the on the you know uh, on the pictures because I've never been there, but you I've never seen a picture that says the Panasonic Gigafactory. <laughs> but okay, so let's move on. So you wanted to talk about some things. Yeah. Um, well, basically, uh, I got I got interested in, in uh, I've been interested in uh, neural networks, AI, uh, for a while. And, uh, you know, I've, I've tried to jump into it. This is my third time, uh, was just recently. And um, it got me thinking, there was a couple of things that were brought up. Every, everything's you know, kind of new each time. And uh, the, the role uh, open AI plays in all of this is, I think, really interesting. Okay, um, before you go too far, because <laughs> there might be some people that don't know what AI AI is exactly and neural networks how they interfere or how they interact, mm-hmm. not interfere. And then also uh, OpenAI, we've talked about it a little bit on this show, but not a lot. Okay. So uh, explain those three things, and then mm-hmm. we'll get everybody caught up to speed, and mm-hmm. that even me, <laughs> and then we'll we'll just go to the the, the next start part. Okay, uh, I'll start with OpenAI because I think that's the easiest one to explain. Um, if you've read, you know, Elon's. Uh, tweets or anything. He's he's uh, borderline paranoid about AI. Oh, not borderline. <laughs> he crossed <laughs> it. I think justifiably. But um, so he he uh, founded this. Uh, I think it's a non for profit. It's not a company, but it's called OpenAI, and the goal is to make AI open to everyone, and um, you know, not hidden in some corner where a single person or group has power over it, um, and. It's it's become a, a very large force in the AI community. You know, we're talking you know comparable to Google and um, Facebook. Um, actually, there's there's a, an advanced um, form of AI um, uh, called uh, generative adversarial networks, uh, where two AI networks, uh, two um, you know learning algorithms. Really, you know, just advanced algorithms battle each other, and through that battle, uh, one's the cop, one's the thief. They get better and better. But um, that's that's not quite the point. The point is that you know this guy and there's a guy who invented it, and he moved from Google to OpenAI. Uh, Ian, Ian Goodman, good fellow. Let me see. Oh, it. Ian. Uh, I Ian. I think we've talked about that. Ian Goodfellow. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, it's a it's a it's a great place to do. Just you know, it's it's a top contender of AI community, and so my my point here with all of this is that uh, as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, this was a very interesting approach for Elon because what it allows him to do is create a um, you know class A place to uh, conduct uh, AI research and exploration, exploration, um, but uh, you know, which contributes to everyone, uh, and that helps uh, Tesla as much as, as everyone else. Um, so it's kind of a win-win in that regard. And um, as it plays out, I, I'll be curious how much Tesla takes and uses that open research, um, at, and anybody could, uh, for their own self-driving cars and for their own self-driving. Yeah, on if this is the... From the emails that I've received and the tweets that I've received, this is a fairly nerdy audience, so I'm sure this is restating. But for, like, 
AI when they put the, when they do the cops and robbers thing, or when they like um, you know Big Blue, is that right? Is that Deep, the Deep, Deep Blue. Blue. That it, when it was playing Go, it just played against itself mm-hmm. like thirty million times <laughs> to figure out how it plays, mm-hmm. how to play the game. Uh, which goes a very complicated game, and they didn't think they th- they thought well machines can beat us at chess, but they'll never beat us at Go because there's a different element there. Well, it turns out they can. Um, and then these these AIs, as they interact with each other, they create their own language. Where pretty soon, and this is what's scary um, to Elon, and you know it's a bit concerning to me, is they create their own language. And the people that programmed it initially don't have any idea what these things are saying to each other, so they just pull the plug and they're like, okay, we'll restart and we'll try again. Um, so there's no Rosetta Stone for the AI, but it happens very quickly. Like like what would normally take generations in humans takes, you know, a very short amount of time. I don't want to say minutes, but, you know, probably days or, or months uh, for this AI to get up and learn. Well, uh, and that's what happened at Google Brain, where they had um, a team of researchers doing the translate. Uh, and, you know, this team was doing it for, I think, decades. And, and Google Brain came along and was like, hey, can we try this out too? And, uh, you know, was able to catch up to them in an extremely short amount of time. Uh, not years, like months, um, maybe more than a year, but, you know, on the scale of months. And then, you know, eventually uh, surpassed them. And so now when you go to Google Translate... It's yeah. not programmed anymore by people and smart people. It's it's this neural network. Yeah, it, it, it's insane. And there's so many different things that this isn't this week in AI, but there's so <laughs> many different things like that that could be good and not bad. Uh, you know, uh, a Terminator type situation, which is what everybody says is going to happen or could happen. I think that's a little far fetched, but but uh, the and Vladimir Putin. To add to add to this, said the the country that that develops AI first, um, I guess weaponizes, I should say, is the country that's going to win, mm-hmm. and that makes a lot of sense, and that's why it's scary. But anyway, uh, so these the AI can take medical research, where small teams are doing in different parts of the world are doing this medical research, and they can enter it into a program. Or a system like OpenAI, which is an open source project, so they have to, you have to, if you if you participate in it, you have to contribute, as well as like you can't just take, you have to contribute back into the program. So if these these company are these researchers are using this information, we can find cures to diseases faster. We could find uh, doctors can um, by entering a, a you know if they're like I don't know what the heck is going on here, they could potentially find answers to patients' problems and things like that. So which is, it's very important. AI is very important. and uh, But Elon wants to make sure that it's made or used in a very uh, responsible way and not weaponized, which would be frightening. <laughs> so my last comment on this um, is uh, as I was thinking about, uh, you know, this open, a- open AI thing and, and learning about really what a neural network is, um, you know, how data becomes structured, meaning there's labels to it or not. Um, well, when it's not labeled, when data is not labeled, just kind of random out there, it's very hard for these things to learn. So one of the ways they can, there's, you know, 
let's say, six categories of, of ways they can learn, even without this data being labeled. One of them is by watching a human uh, interact with, um, you know, this kind of thing. And, and, and so it sees the situation. It watches a human interact. And then it goes, oh, that's kind of how I'm supposed to do it. And if it sees enough of those examples, it learns. So I was like, oh, that's probably what's going to happen with the uh, with the cars. I mean, they're oh, not yeah. watching just the environment. They're also just as important as how, as you're driving, you respond to that environment. The Model 3 has a camera that looks into the cab. <laughs> Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yeah. So, like, that's it. I mean... Absolutely. And so it'll go... So my, my little thing there is, you know, like, uh, drive... Drive safely, drive courteous, because you're teaching the future of driving. Oh, so, like, yeah. I didn't think about that. <laughs> like, if you drive like a jerk, or if more than one person drives like a jerk, then that's going to cause this problem. <laughs> yeah. Now, th- I have an example kind of like that, but it's more uh, machine learning. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if ever, if you have an iPhone, you probably noticed that there was a bug out. And if you typed I, it would come back mm-hmm. as a weird character. Well... Apple uses machine learning. So if we made up, um, uh, if we made up a word, uh, I don't know, like foam quint, if that meant awesome, I don't know. I'm just mm-hmm. picking things that are in the room. Uh, but if we said foam quint a thousand times, the next time you type in F O A, the 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 system that Apple uses to for predictive text, it's going to come up with foam quint, even though if you've never even heard of the word. <laughs> It's going to come up with that. So that's kind of, there was some, not really corrupt data. There was some data that the iPhone couldn't uh, display. Mm -hmm. And so that came out as the, like, the question mark weird symbol. And that's an example of machine learning. Machine learning isn't exactly AI. And I'm sure that there are plenty of people out there that can tell me exactly what the difference is. But that is not not what matters. Is that's an example of something that happens over and over and over again, and then mm-hmm. then that getting not corrupted but altered in a way that you didn't expect it to be mm-hmm. altered. And if aggressive driving is out there, <laughs> that is absolutely something that, like, oh, it's yellow. I'm going to now step <laughs> on the gas. I mean, that's essentially what we're teaching it. Yes. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So drive drive safely. Drive courteous. Yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. We good on that? Yeah, yeah. That's good. Thank good you, points. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we talked about this a little bit, but VW is going to announce, or has announced, their SUV, which looks a lot like the Faraday Future car, <laughs> honestly. It looks like well, it looks like the Audi that they've already announced, which is makes sense because Volkswagen owns them. So it's basically the same car as the Audi, but not as nice. It's called the ID Cross. C-R-O-Z-Z. I'm guessing that's cross when it makes its way to the United States in 2020. Uh, did you look at the car? Uh, no, I don't think I saw it. It's really cool. It's um, Let me pull it up here. Oh, I could pull it up here. Um, it has um, a weird steering wheel. It has, but it's cool, futuristic steering wheel. It's got a little instrument cluster behind. There's the car. It's got a little instrument cluster behind the steering wheel. And then it's got a little display that looks probably, I'm going to guess it's about a nine inch rectangle res- display. And uh, which I guess is like your infotainment and mm-hmm. everything that, that goes with that. And then it's got this weird little display down between the driver and the passenger, yeah. which would be, I'm guessing that's a, like a, 
I can't imagine it's a gear shifter. <laughs> it's where it should be. But though. that's where it should be, right? And it's got like a little digital display, so you're hitting something. But it looks in <laughs> it's in such a weird place where you'd almost have to like lean forward and down to get it open. Yeah. But another cool thing I I like about this car is that the back door opens like a minivan, and it mm. provides a lot of room for the passengers to get in. And this is important to me because I've been picking my kids up from school in our SUV. And I actually have to get, like in our minivan, I just open up the doors electronically. They get in. I close the doors. We're cool. I have to get out of the car, get them, like throw them in the car, throw their backpacks in the car. And while in the pickup line, the teachers are like, move along, move along. And I'm like, I'm putting my kids in the car. Let them put their seatbelts on. And they're waving you through and telling you to hurry up. So this would actually be a lot less stressful if I had something like this. Or if I just drove the minivan to pick them up. But my wife's driving that at the moment. But what do you think of the car? I like it. It looks um, it looks like the same approach that uh, Tesla did, where it's something that we would be kind of used to, but also, uh, you know, new, certainly new. Yeah. Um, but it's not uncomfortable in any ways. It's not like, oh, that's not going to be, you know, that's 10 years away. Um, red, cherry red. I also like Tesla. Uh, well, not cherry, but um, yeah, it, it almost looks like a crossover. Yeah, I think that's why they called it the cross. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my best yeah. guess. But it looks like it has an all um, all glass roof. It doesn't look like it's yeah. one single piece like um, like Tesla has. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a bar up above yeah. the driver's uh, top of their vision. Yeah, but, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, plus, you wouldn't want it to look exactly like a Tesla anyway. <laughs> but I think it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back. Where's my docs? Oh, here it is. Um, done. Okay, cool. That's all I had to say about that. I liked. I, I've mentioned this before. I really like Volkswagen, and I'm glad that they 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 got caught because it's really <laughs> everything they're they're gonna make from here on out is gonna be electric. So yeah, that's interesting. It's really causing them uh, to step their game up. They're responding well to it. Yeah, I don't think they had a choice. I mean, that was part of, <laughs> was part of their punishment. VP uh, didn't respond that well. I mean, no. they did good things eventually, but uh, yeah, the, the CEO when that was going on went on vacation <laughs> shortly after. Um, just because we were looking at the renderings, or no, that was the photo. No, those were just okay. the, yeah, those those weren't real. Okay, so those were renderings, right? And we also saw the renderings of um, their new. Maybe I'll bring it because. Are you going to talk more about the battery? Uh, uh, yeah, go ahead. I think I knocked that one out uh, because of time. But go okay. ahead. Just, just uh, you know, they're they're yes, building a factory. Uh, you know, a another their version of a gigafactory, but smaller. But they had renderings of it, and uh, uh, what what kind of caught my eye is that you know those two of the renderings had uh, views of the parking lot with cars in them. And I looked. I didn't see a single charging station. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of like, wait, what's... <laughs> oh, Volkswagen. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. The, the I don't know. Uh, from what I understand, uh, I don't even know if I want to repeat this. Never mind. I know somebody <laughs> that works in the car industry, and I'm not going to say anything. Because uh, I like Volkswagen so much, and this story would probably put them in a bad... Well, not probably. It would definitely put them in a bad light. <laughs> Uh, so the next one is, uh, Tesla is stealing customers away from Porsche. That's what the CEO says. And this is his quote. We have lots of respect for Tesla. Of course you do. 
<laughs> you you didn't, but now you do. Uh, anyway, he says, we have lots of respect for Tesla. And yes, I'm sure there are Porsche customers that in terms of connectivity, digital stuff in the car and electric battery in the vehicles didn't find the car they wanted with Porsche. So they bought somewhere else. Well, the somewhere else. Let's not be dumb. <laughs> let's not be goy. <laughs> they bought from Tesla. And I've never been. I like the Porsche Cayenne, but that's just basically the Touareg, the Volkswagen Touareg, which is still expensive, was. I don't even know if they make it anymore. But it was still expensive car, but not as expensive as the the, the Cayenne, the big SUV. But um, I didn't really have anything else to say on that other than it's just a nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice to see somebody actually saying something nice about Tesla that's in a, a competitor. <laughs> Did you have anything? Yeah, I I got them confused. It was the BMW. Uh, the BMW battery factory? BMW battery factory, not the Volkswagen. So, yeah. you know, don't be mad. <laughs> yeah, they're spending, BMW is spending $240 million um, to bring a... a, a So this is the one you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, BMW. So, sorry about so that. So it looks like BMW. They have a. Looks like they have a glass or a grass roof, yeah. which is popular in the renderings. That when the renderings, but no solar panels. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and you're right. There's no. There's no charging stations. There's there. motorcycle parking and an area for smokers right there. <laughs> and you know, uh, I I was trained a bit in architecture. We had, we did a lot of these renderings, so I'm not hating on the. Architects, like, I apologize to them for that uh, comment. But, um, yeah, I mean, the other thing about this is the green roof is really silly. I'm yeah. not a big fan. This That's my world. Uh, that's what I do is, you know, building energy efficiency. And it's like, uh, they they are a technology that, in some instances, is a terrific, terrific, amazing thing. Um, but I don't think this was the right call on this one. It's not... You know, it's it adds a lot of weight to the building. Um, it's you it's, you can't grow that much. Um, uh, you can't feed a city on it. And uh, ultimately, there is some thermal uh, properties about it, but uh, it's not going to prevent that much. Uh, you know, get a little extra insulation and save the weight, save the materials. Uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, it, they're cool, but uh, yeah. Now I'm a hater. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think it's a good it's a good start. Two hundred million dollars to invest in a, a battery cell uh, competence center is what they're doing here. Isn't really that much money. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many billions Tesla spent, but I bet you it's over three. So it seems like you know BMW is making an effort, but it's not that big of an effort. But in in a completely related story, uh, where did I put that? The the CEO of, uh, or an executive at BMW said the Mini could go electric, and it could be here in 2019. Could. <laughs> and uh, I was like, well, thanks for the info. Uh, let's see here. Do you like the Mini? Um, Everybody I know who drives one is a character. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of the people who get one, but uh, yeah. I'm not sure how much. I don't know. I wouldn't get one. 
I know a lady <laughs> who loves the mini, but she would buy them outright. Like she would get a loan and would not buy them. Not le- she wouldn't lease. Mm-hmm. And they broke. She had like three that broke down at like forty some thousand miles or fifty <laughs> and required whatever the warranty was. It broke down outside of that, and the cost was so prohibitive that she started just leasing them and like at every like forty thousand miles, two years, forty thousand miles or whatever it was. She's like, I'm out, done, <laughs> three years, because um, she loved the car so much, but she didn't like paying for that big, expensive uh, bill. Yeah. Let's see. <laughs> Did you read uh, about the new study that shows driving electric uh, is cheaper in the United States than yeah. driving with gas? Yeah. That was very interesting. That's I love those kind of, uh, you know, that kind of data and that kind of um, insight. It's really quantitative uh, look at, sorry, a little very quantitative look at how, how the electric vehicles are impacting. Um, you know, they... It really looks in every way, and I've tried to prove it wrong, it really looks in every way that they are better, but it's great to see actually, you know, their numbers and get their numbers uh, around it. And... Yeah, they showed their math. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't bother checking it up on it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> well, I mean, I looked a bit of, I, I read, uh, it was 6.8 cents a mile, which was dramatically cheaper than, uh, you know, a non-EV vehicle. And I thought that's, I mean... Six point eight cents a mile is uh, that's amazing. That's a really cool uh, that opens up possibilities. Yeah. Know? So what this this group they're called uh, the the Union of Concerned Scientists, <laughs> and I don't know what this group is or if they're legit, but I'm gonna <laughs> guess because Jameson down at Electric he did this and he's a good um, journalist, so. Uh, I'm going to guess that he knows who they are. But it, the average American, what they did was a study in the 50 biggest cities in the U.S., which is a lot of cities in the U.S. Mm-hmm. I mean, that could go all the way down to cities that like have 150,000 people, or even maybe even a little bit less. That's a huge amount. Um, but what they found was the average uh, U.S. citizen will save $770 a year by driving an EV which is really good when I need to make this argument for my wife why we need to <laughs> trade in our cars. Um, then there are some other advantages. Like right now, electricity prices are more stable than gas, which is mm-hmm. extremely important um, because gas is, is right now anyway, is determined by whether they turn the dial up or they turn the <laughs> dial down. Electricity <laughs> is regulated by public utilities, and while they still manage to end up screwing us, <laughs> There are ways to kind of get around that by putting solar in your house or mm-hmm. going somewhere like the mall and charging there for free <laughs> if they let you, which some places do. Um, and then electric vehicle prices are going down, and it's actually cheaper to maintain an electric vehicle. So um, at this point, it, it really makes more sense to own an EV if you're going to be buying a new car, if you can afford one. Because while they're still coming down, they're still really expensive, like, I know Sierra couldn't afford to buy a $35,000 mm-hmm. car. Um, I could, but I'd be, it's like, that's on my, that makes me uncomfortable, you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, yep. <laughs> I just feel, I feel a little anxiety thinking about it. Because it's like, that's a payment I'm going to have for a really long time. I don't want that. I don't like having payments. But... Uh, once they get that price down into the mid-20s, mid I think that's going to be a good 
good thing. And then it goes into a bunch of stuff about e-gallons, which I think <laughs> is what you were reading about, what you're talking about, about the six and a half cents or whatever it was. Yeah. Which is, you know, I think that's good, but I think people are going to, and this kind of goes into our next thing. Mm-hmm. So I'll just skip through unless you have something to say on this. No. no. Okay. I mean, I've been working this math for a while now, trying to figure this out. Oh, you out, actually so. have it on there? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, it'll, it's... It starts to get crazy as you really try to quantify. So I'm glad they they did some of that. <laughs> so it's 173 kilograms of CO2 per kilowatt hour in 2013. 35 megawatts equals 35,000 kilowatts. So that's for a battery to produce. Oh, okay. Uh, one kilowatt hour battery. Uh, somebody oh, was geez. claiming that in 2013 they had it cost um, of embedded energy, right? How much energy it takes to actually fabricate the battery? Oh, okay. Um, it takes 173 kilograms, thousand grams of uh, CO2 like contribution. I, I phrase that weird uh, to make a kilowatt hour battery. And so then I was like working backwards to see like what is the Gigafactory, and they're producing from my really rough. Don't quote me. I mean, it, it, this was based on you know. Anyway, I mean they were. I, I won't say the numbers, but they were doing pretty good. Basically, for how many cars they're producing. Uh, the embedded en- energy of the batteries uh, seemed to pay off. I mean, it, it was it was like hundred to one um, in terms of versus a gas-powered car. Exactly for okay. a year. So it, it seemed you know I always am you know, concerned about this embedded energy, how much energy it takes to produce something, and so it looked like that. Even though it's a lot, easily pays off. There's a lot of math on that page. <laughs> um, okay. So the next thing is the EPA rating. So Tesla got an EPA uh, rating for mileage at, of 310. And what I say to this is, who really gives a crap? Like, you know at this point that the car is going to go roughly 300 miles. Mm-hmm. What else do you need to know? We're not going, like, once you get to that point, you're not going to the gas station anymore. Most people, if you can afford to buy a sixty or $35,000 car or whatever, they're putting the $400 charger in their house. So, and we already talked about how gas prices are more volatile than electricity. So you kind of already know that going into it, like what your costs are going to be if you stop to figure it out. You can probably call your power company to figure it out. So who really cares what the what the EPA mileage is? Like this was a huge article that I saw a lot of places. And I'm like, I why do I care? Like I really don't. It could be like if it's 150. I'm still going to buy the car because I know the range is going to be a hundred and whatever fifty. I, I don't need to know this number. I think it's dumb. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll, you know, I guess play devil's advocate and say I think it's great that the EPA. You're is... dumb. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> no, no. Uh, you know, at least they're getting in the game. They're they're taking this as a real thing, which it is, and so it's good to see them. Um, Start, you know, because, you know, you can't have people like me working through these numbers and trying to figure this out, right? So, like, you know, we need, we need some some really good uh, uh, smart people working through this and, and just quantifying. Even if it's the same number, it's like, okay, it's verified. Uh, this is a standard now. This is what we can expect now, uh, you know, from a very reliable source. So Yeah, until Donald Trump tells <laughs> the EPA to go away. But... <laughs> What I want to know, and I'm sure there's great people working at the EPA, what I want to know is, like, what is that really, like, what is that telling you? If you you tell somebody you get 30 miles to the gallon, that gives them a a frame of reference. Hmm. 
If you tell them the EPA rating is 310 mile range, well, okay. They just basically <laughs> confirmed what Tesla told you. Like, I guess we need the EPA to confirm. I mean, if I'm just arguing against myself here, we need the EPA to confirm that these guys aren't lying. Yeah. Are you a libertarian by chance? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. That's it. <laughs> I never would have guessed until that moment. Yeah. I think um, I'm not a libertarian. So it's, it's a good, uh, I thought it was for a while, but yeah, I mean, basically it's just having somebody confer that number, you know, I mean, it doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be, uh, you know, wild or anything. It's just going, yeah, that's, that's true. What yeah. they said is true. I mean, I guess that makes sense. And we like Elon. We trust, you know, Tesla, and, and their goals are beyond, you know, this petty kind of lie. But it's setting the standard that they will. Um, it's uh, setting that they will measure these vehicles from now on. Too. Yeah, because Volkswagen would say they get four hundred, <laughs> and now they get two fifty. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think political. This is a sidetrack, but I think mm-hmm. political parties. I'm, I'm getting so tired of. It. I think everybody should be more fluid. Like, have some liberal views, have some libertarian views, have some Green Party views, get real crazy, have some conservative views. Like, be a person. Don't be a party. Like, everybody wants to be a party. Like, hey, there's party. There's people on both sides of the conservatives and liberals who have sexually assaulted people, and both groups are still supporting those people. And it's like, oh, no, no, it's our guy. Don't be a jackass. Like, this is so frustrating to me. Like, it used to be that if you cheated on your wife, you resigned from being a politician. Mm-hmm. Now you, you can text pictures of your wiener, and <laughs> if your name is wiener, and get into a whole bunch of trouble. Or you could, you know, date high school girls with mother's permission, and you're still able to, to be a politician in this country. It's really, really sad. But anyway, be fluid. I bet I bet if Anthony Wiener had just waited, like, another four years or whatever oh, the time man. frame, he would, he would be fine. so high up in the cabinet. <laughs> Yeah, no. Uh, he would have been like uh, secretary I mean... <laughs> of selfies. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's kind of a shame, isn't it, that uh, you know we're learning about all this and and um, yet everybody's like you know, especially Al Franken, Al, Al Franken. Anyway, yeah, I mean, yeah, and I still like I respected Al Franken, mm-hmm. even though he doesn't. Uh, he rarely. Our political beliefs rarely line up, but I think he's an honest guy. But then, you know, he did this, mm-hmm. you know. To putting that aside, like, everybody's like, well, he's just barely... I know this is going away. He's, you know, joking and not really touching, but he actually did try to force himself on her to give her a kiss. Like, that is still mm-hmm. a thing. But uh, there is a scalar thing, though, with, you know, uh, more, right? I mean, it's like... It's tough, because they're both in the debate right now, and so it's... Like somebody almost could start thinking like, oh, they're kind of equal. It's like how, one's I don't I don't know. Both are both are bad, but it's not. I, I agree with you, but it is a and there has to be a path for forgiveness, mm-hmm. and there has to be a path for atonement. Mm-hmm. So forgiveness pro- mm-hmm. by us, atonement by them. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and we have to be a- available to. Um, we have to be uh, willing to do that, right? Mm-hmm. But, but. At this point, like it's it's so like everybody's just stuck on that. Well, he's part of my political party, mm-hmm. so I'm going to leave it. Mm-hmm. But then you have you know Matt Lauer, who has a, a thing underneath his desk, which apparently a lot of NBC executives do that lock the door behind the people. <laughs> like, 
I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Things like, gotta change. Everybody Things said that change. that was really creepy. And then this lady that worked for NBC, <laughs> she's like, yeah, a lot of executives at NBC have that thing. So I don't know if that's to lock the door that's just nice. in case there's like a Columbine type incident in the NBC <laughs> studios. I doubt it. So they don't have to get up or if that's like used for other creepy stuff. Um <laughs> Which just is a power move. Just yeah, a power move. it's a gross. It's a gross. Um, but yeah. anyway, the, the, that's neither here nor there. Uh, just you know, yeah. be fluid and yeah. and, and stay true. Wrong, it's if, wrong. if it's wrong for one party, it's wrong for the other yeah. party, and yeah. it doesn't matter. And then also be willing to forgive and listen to what whatever they have to say. Because mm-hmm. I did, like I'm I mean, as far as like I'm a pretty shy and uh, quiet person in general. Mm-hmm. It takes me a long time to get to know somebody, so I'm never going to do any of that stuff, that creepy <laughs> stuff with even with men, women, or whatever, because I don't <laughs> I don't have that that. <laughs> Like I'm too shy and I'm too insecure about myself, and so there would there would never be that. Like even if I wanted to, I couldn't, um, just because it's just not in my genetic makeup, and it's not because I'm not. Uh, uh, I, I don't have the the tendency to be a pig. I could be. I just like that is outside of my comfort zone. I even talking about it gives me makes my stomach Chills. yeah make my stomach roll. So. If it's wrong, if it's wrong, it's wrong. Anyway, wrong moving wrong. on, because I have a tendency to, to preach for too long on this stupid <laughs> show, way outside of what it, we should be doing. Uh, let's talk about Wendover Productions made this really cool thing about um, Elon Musk economics and cost reduction, mm-hmm. which goes right along with what you were saying before. It's mm-hmm. almost like you read this stuff today. <laughs> uh, did you watch the video? No, I didn't know this video. Oh, okay. It was on cellular. Okay, it's oh, because you guys have crappy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you still Century. paying for that? Yeah, yeah, we're still. It's getting better. Come I mean, on, Century, pull your crap together. Yeah, Century. it's cheap. If you it's don't, cheap. it was it. through the telephone line too. So I mean, <laughs> have them like run a wire just directly through a window. <laughs> we had three people come out to yeah. get that set up. It's an old place though, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay, so Windover Productions made this really cool video about how um, Elon and the people that work at SpaceX and Tesla bring costs down. Uh, so you take something that's provi- prohibitively high, like space um, um, cargoing, yeah. like launching stuff into space. That's a really high cost, and we'll talk about that in a second. And then you bring that down to a reasonable price. Reasonable is, is the <laughs> key word here. So we'll talk about we'll talk about SpaceX. SpaceX makes eighty five percent of its parts for its rockets. So if they want to do the communication radios for their rockets, if they would buy those on like the from a third party vendor, you're looking at eighty five to a hundred thousand dollars for them to buy them. If they want to build them, it's five thousand dollars. <laughs> now, granted, this eighty five to a hundred thousand dollars, this company needs to make money they're mm-hmm. not going to sell a whole lot of them if they sell them at five thousand mm. dollars they're still not gonna they're yeah. not gonna make any money they got to make money so you have to B2B. price it so that you can you can you can uh exist but tesla they don't care if they make money mm-hmm. on their communications things so they build mm-hmm. it and they and they build it to their specs and to what they need it for which is those things are just kind of built and they might change a couple of things for each vendor or each uh, customer but they're not going to change a whole lot of stuff so basically what what brings that cost down is Tesla builds its own parts and then um, that brings the cost of the product down, which means that they can now 
um, launch a rocket cheaper. So just to give you an idea, the United Launch Alliance, they charge $400 million for a rocket launch. SpaceX charges $80 million. So one-fifth the cost. And even the $400 million then was decent because I've often heard it quoted at 10 times the price. Yeah, it could so be. So it's like even that number of dramatic, dramatic decreases is still... Uh, yeah, it, and it's not the cost, like it's not the payload. That's not that's not factored in the cost. Mm -hmm. But the actual cost to get the, the payload into space mm -hmm. is um, what they're saying is $400 million, which I'm sure that it could be way higher than that just because mm -hmm. they're basically writing their own checks. And the reason why it's $400 million is the, the fact that they take these parts these third-party parts they don't you know they're buying a lot of off-the-shelf things so that raises the price mm -hmm. and then on a, on a another side note um, politicians don't really care it's not their money <laughs> so elon could can do this for 80 million dollars right and the politicians aren't going to choose mm -hmm. them based off of their price they're going to choose them based off of other factors mm -hmm. so that's kind of like because they're not going to launch more things into space it's like maybe tech companies will start doing that but governments are going to launch exactly the things that they had planned because these things have been in the works for 10 20 mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. so they're the launches that they're going to do those are already scheduled those were scheduled before spacex was a company scheduled so... before brad was even born <laughs> So well, maybe I don't know. At this point, I might. <laughs> yeah, and and the third thing to that, um, not that this is the focus. I think the in-house should be the focus. But the third thing to the bring them bringing down the prices, uh, of course, the re reusability, which mm -hmm. Elon cites a lot, and um, you know he illustrated in a comparison to a commercial jet. If you you know you fly it out to California, then you crash it. It's going to be a much more expensive ticket. Uh, a one-way ticket, right? And if, if the plane never comes back, but the the idea that you're manufacturing in-house um, can reduce cost a lot. I think was was it the Model Three that was reduced? No, one of one of the Tesla cars was or manufacturer was reduced by thirty-five uh, percent well, because they built in-house. When they started the Model S, that's they because the the Roadster, the original one, was mm -hmm. a Lotus body, and they bought a bunch of off-the-shelf parts. And then when they started oh, the Model right. S, they have a whole second floor that's that, that people say are a secret. That's the secret second floor at the Fremont factory. But then other people are like, yeah, it's not so secret. Everybody knows <laughs> it's there. But they like if they're running into a snag with a supplier or something, or if they're just trying things out, they just build it on that floor. <laughs> they're just like, okay, uh, there was a problem with seats and for the Model Three, and they're like, we'll just start building seats. It's fine. <laughs> like so they cool. have all that stuff there. It's so just cool. a big maker space for Tesla. <laughs> like my dream yeah That's it would awesome. be a lot of fun mm -hmm. um, now going back over to the tesla side of things um it's interesting is that and i i think i said tesla builds the communications radios tesla doesn't spacex does because to me they're the same people <laughs> uh we're going back um so tesla builds about 5300 parts uh for its model s but the and that's 80 percent so they build 80% of the car in the United States from their parts. The Some of the parts that they don't use, or that they don't make, um, a big part of that is what we were talking about before with Panasonic batteries. Mm -hmm. And that, we, I mean, we're not going to rehash this because we already talked about it ad nauseum, but 
the the goal of them is or Elon's is to have that battery cost below a hundred dollars, and that's what they were talking about in the in the video. Um, and one other thing that I think was really neat. Uh, do you have any idea what the fuel cost for a launch is? Um, mm, I want to know. It's it's a lot. I mean, when you're lifting one kilogram into space, it's like um, you have to, you know, fuel co- takes weight as well. Um, man, I feel like I knew. Yeah, I don't know. Do you know? $200,000, <laughs> according to this video. And if that's true, and I have no reason to um, not believe the fine people at Winover Productions, uh, that's a, it's just a s- small cost. But Tesla thinks they can half it again, or Tesla. Mm-hmm. SpaceX thinks they could half that again, uh, $80 million down to $40 million. <laughs> Well, they're using a different kind of fuel, too, which is, um, uh, which has been uh, proposed by, quote-unquote, direct, Mars Direct by Robert Zubrin, I believe. I might be mistaken. Aren't they using methane? Yeah, methane and oxygen. Uh-huh. And so, um, which you can also produce on Mars if you bring right. hydrogen. Or if you get hydrogen, it's harder to make there. So, I mean, that, that plays into them cutting the, the fuel cost a bit, is, is just changing the fuel source. Yeah, once they terraform it, they should have all the hydrogen they need. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, so $1,000, so you're saying it would be $1,000 um, per kilogram? Was that per kilogram? Did it say? No, it just said $200,000. It didn't go oh, into 200000 Okay, okay. So that was the full full load. That's the full the full price for fueling, which I thought it would have been at least a million dollars, to be honest with you. <laughs> You're, like, disappointed. <laughs> I, I mean, it's cool. It's fine. Uh, let's see. Uh, cool. The only, the, do you have anything else before? Um, I mean, there was one other thing that I saw that I thought was interesting. Um, and it goes along the lines of... Uh, you know, the cost per mile and the embedded energy, probably definitely more on the embedded energy. Are we talking about Tesla or SpaceX now? Tesla. Okay. Should I stick with t- SpaceX? No, no. Okay. Just I, I just I want to make sure. I'm a bigger fan of SpaceX, to be honest. But um, If it was SpaceX, we'd be talking kilometers. Kilometers, <laughs> yeah. Millions of miles. Um, yeah, I, I mean... I would love to talk about SpaceX, but this, this, so this is the Stanford Carbon. Uh, this is not the name of it, but it's essentially Stanford. You know, created a study about the carbon footprint of uh, producing batteries at scale, and um, I believe it was by Charles uh, Barna- Barnhart, and he, I think he was a PhD student there, and doing this research. And um, so, you know, this is going into embedded energy. How much energy? How much? You know. Uh, CO2 does it take to actually make the thing that will save CO2, right? I mean, so when solar panels first came around, um, it took uh, 40 years before they started paying back their carbon footprint. Uh, Now they're down to like two years, maybe even better. Um, And so they looked at batteries and storing energy in general. Um, And so they called it the ESOI, which they coined and it's the energy uh, divided by the embedded energy the energy stored sorry the energy stored divided by the embedded energy and so they did it with uh, four things at first hydro 
um, which had an ESOI score of 210, meaning that it could store 210 times more energy over its lifetime than it took to produce originally. So like a, a dam, so it yes. can be by hydro? Yeah. Okay. Um, a, a dam, but you know that has other effects that they kind of got into. But, sure. Um, and then there was uh, lead acid batteries, which were on the opposite side of the spectrum, which took um, two. They they were only able to add ESOI score of two, so they were able to store twice as much energy as they took to make over their lifetime. <laughs> you know, after recharge, after re- you know, and then lithium ions they claimed were at ten, so comparatively much better than other you know, lead acid batteries, but uh, still some ways to go, but decent. Um, and then they kind of threw in at the end that compressed uh, air was at 240, so like a really efficient way to uh, store energy. You, you pump air into a big cavern, which is already there, and then uh, when you want the energy back, that pressure pushes um, kind of like a dam up, mm-hmm. up So. Well, they have, and I don't, I don't know if these things really exist or if they just talk about them in uh, as as examples of things that could happen. But they have this thing where, like, you you have solar wind, um, wind energy, wind energy, and then you have like a big rail car or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's big and heavy. And during the daytime, the energy that you're that you're not using to power your homes and things, it's taking that rail car and it's taking it up a mountain or a, a very steep hill. Mm-hmm. And then at nighttime, that rail car is slowly coming down and it's spinning a turbine. Mm-hmm. And then that's great generating electricity so that you have electricity at night, which is a really cool way to do things. It's yeah. like, and I don't know if it's cheaper. It's certainly probably a, a, a nightmare to probably manage. <laughs> uh, but it's cool. Like there's, there's other things that you've, um, they have a thing that they're planning, I think in the Arizona desert where they, basically take um water at the base and it's mm-hmm. like this big like eiffel tower looking thing i mean hundreds of feet tall and the the plan is as it as it naturally heats up i mean they're going to have things that help the water heat up it's not just going to be this big pole mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere but as the water heats up mm-hmm. that's converted into steam and the steam travels through uh up the um the 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 I guess complex, and as it travels up, it's spinning turbines, and then once it gets to the oh, top wow. and it cools off, and at nighttime, then that it turns into water, and then that comes back down mm-hmm. and spins the turbines as it comes yeah. back down. So mm-hmm. it's just a different way, and I don't know how efficient those are. It's a really mm-hmm. cool idea. I don't know how efficient it is, but it, once you know everything, just kind of, I mean, we're talking probably hundreds of thousands of gallons of water to make this work in a desert where it's difficult to get water and we're running out but uh it's recycled ish yeah i mean it's it's an enclosed system Mm -hmm. but you're still going to get some water that evaporates somewhere but it's a it's still a very cool um it's a very cool idea Mm -hmm. i don't know that i'd want to work inside of one of those things it'd probably be miserable but uh it's a it's a cool idea. It's just like what you're saying with the compressed air in the yeah. cavern, which I've heard yes. before, and that's that's a really cool way to do things. Same with the, um, and you know, I've also heard it with like a big heavy weight that just kind of gets yeah. drawn up straight up in the air, and then it comes down slow. But it's a good way, alternative way to store energy. Mm-hmm. If you don't, especially if you don't have, live in a place where you can have battery packs. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, and, and there's the the wave production, right? Um, there was even like a stick that like wobbled around, and they claimed they claimed it produced energy. I think I think as the wind went by, yeah. it wobbles. And I think it, they got some uh, uh, disbelievers kind of saying, "No, that's not possible." Yeah, it just kind of wobbled in the wind. So we'll see. I mean, I think ultimately, though, we, you know, I'll, I'll join the chorus, and we need the batteries to. I mean, it's just not going to be feasible to have a, you know, big cavern of air yeah. with you everywhere. All the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, with the boring company, you just <laughs> put it and it could go in circles, and then That's all of true. a sudden that it, it has this thing, or it could do like the the hedron collider and just make a big <laughs> loop underneath a city, and then they just force compressed air down there. Yeah. And then they found the, the, the eventually they'll find the God particle in there somewhere. <laughs> All right, let's end this thing because it's been an hour. And uh, so before we go too far, uh, we we touched on what you do, but uh, when I was listening back to the podcast, I have no idea what you do. <laughs> so why don't you tell everybody what you do? Because we have a lot of smart people, and when we have a lot of smart people who might be wanting to hire somebody with your skills, <laughs> since you are working in the the realm of being energy efficient, so. Um, yeah, thank you. Let's see. Basically, I, uh, I analyze buildings for their energy, energy usage. And why that's important is because buildings are the leading cause without a doubt to, uh, greenhouse gas emissions, uh, especially once you factor in, uh, you know, electricity production, um, that's going mostly 80% to them, 80% to buildings. So they're, they're contributing uh, uh, much more than cars or trains or planes, even all combined. Uh, they're about the same scale of all, as all of transportation. And so, you know, I run, I run an analysis on that. And so we put it in a big simulation and say, uh, do you want a new roof? Here's how much you're going to save. Here's how much it costs, if you know that. Uh, what's the what's the ROI on a new roof? What's the ROI on a new windows? Um, and it, it's not really feasible for a house, uh, but you know for bigger buildings, uh, run that kind of study. Um, but also, I had and have uh, developed a software for that, and so we made a, a software that the goal is to make it easier to use. Uh, it's a it's a you know web app, uh, although it's tough calling it that because it's, it's quite complex, but, um, and so that's kind of where I span is, is in this realm of trying to find money in making buildings more efficient. So really finding that win-win, um, which, uh, is super easy to do. I've never had a project, uh, so far where we weren't able to find an easy way to save a lot of money and a lot of energy. Um, but, you know, that being said, I, I think I'm moving away from that consulting part of that where it's I'm, I'm working on, the, on a single building. Uh, and, and, you know, I mean, if somebody's really interested, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to slow that or not do that as much. It's, it's very uh, difficult to run that simulation. And so um, but I'm, I'm interested in the software side. And so there's there's uh, uh, we did that other companies are doing that and so i mean i might continue i might look for other opportunities to do 
that kind of work at um, other places that are doing that kind of stuff and, and help push them forward. But that's, yeah. Got it. So if it, you want people to go to your website um, for your app? Yeah, yeah, I guess. I mean, building energy helper.com. Does it work this time? Because it didn't work for me. Maybe let's do B-E-P-L-R, beepler.com. Um, that'll be up. It's it's that's a nightmare. That's been that's been a nightmare. Yeah, software um, development's hard. Yeah, it, well, you know, we can make this hugely complex thing that that goes to AWS, does this huge processing, runs all these things, comes back, gives you this awesome information, but yet, like, just having a website from I won't name the hosting company, just forward that to another one has been. An unbelievable nightmare. It's like strange. The hard, in programming and computers, the hardest things are not that hard, and the, the things you should be so simple seem to be so hard sometimes. I should. I will. I will introduce you to my friend Trapper, who's a programmer, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe he can give you some tips. Yeah, because he's a really smart dude. Uh, okay, so B E P. Wait, B E B. Beepler. B E P L R. dot com. Okay, Bob, <laughs> Edward, Paul. LarryRobert.com. <laughs> if you've made it all the way to the end of this really long podcast, I think the next time we do this together, we'll just shorten it down to five topics. Um, no, but this was really good. Thank you very much for being oh, on the show. You. I appreciate it. I appreciate being invited. Do you do you do Twitter or anything like that? Are you a social media guy? You want to? No, no. I don't really want to promote the business. To be honest. Okay. See. I'm gonna I'm in transition. Sounds good. <laughs> so Maybe. if you want to email me. Um, and then I will forward your emails on to Brad, which I've done uh, with the kind words. It's Bodie at 918digital.com. Twitter is at 918digital. Phone number is 918-401-0071 if you want to leave a message and be on the show. And if you want to look at all the articles that I looked at this week, go to kilowatt.bz. And uh, if you send me links to your articles, I'll put them in there too. Uh, kilowatt.bz and boyzed. And then if you want a boring company hat, uh, try and leave a review on iTunes, uh, mm-hmm. which seems to be the best place to do that. And if you can't, just send me an email and I'll put you on the Excel document and we're good to go. So thanks, everybody. Uh, let's start over. Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys have a great week. And um, I'm really happy that we got this out in time because uh, I, I was late. I did one on Monday. And normally when I'm late, I'm late for weeks. So this one's out on time. So I'm really happy. And it's an hour and 10 minutes long. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week.